there's some good drag queens names out there that are based on like twisted shit. You know, there's like Sharon Needles. Oh my god! Uh, I just heard one that was, that was really funny. It was a Russian or Ukrainian um, drag queen, and her name her name was Odessa Man. I thought that was so Odessa clever. Odessa Man. Odessa Man. I don't get it. Odessa Man. Oh. Odessa oh, man, <laughs> so I laughed so hard. <laughs> That's pretty clever. Odessa man, <laughs> Odessa man. Yes. Oh my gosh! And I like Holy that. shit, that's brilliant. I think it's smart. If you were a drag queen, what would your drag name be? Well, my I've already done drag. I've done drag oh. for a long time. I did drag when I was in Chicago uh, about, you know, a few years ago. And my drag name was Miss Visa Declined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was my drag name. Because I was so broke that my Visa card just kept getting declined. <laughs> Like, I would go into restaurants, and I'd be like, hi. And I'd be like, if it doesn't go through, just let me know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, it was bad. No, Maine, though. I love yes. Maine. Maine is a beautiful state. I, I recently got it confused with Massachusetts. <laughs> but they both start with M, and it's predominantly Caucasian. So I was like, <laughs> and they're both Northeast. So you can't really fault me for that. It's true. But no, Maine is beautiful. I mean, it is like it is honestly legitimately very gorgeous. Like yeah. it's, I mean, there's just so many lakes and stuff. And like you, like if I were there lot, not for work, I would probably like go rent a cab. I mean, a cab is like, three thousand dollars but like you know well it's... a bougie cabin i mean you could like you could also just gay it up in, or like half gay <laughs> you know do like a subset of homosexuality and stay in like a little rinky dink cabin Ugh, but then that's like one of those like rustic gays which maine is full of i mean oh my god like i because you like log in on like the apps and it's all like the same type it's all like you know very pale lumberjack beard with like you know requisite like shoulder length beard mm. you know they're all plaid shirts yeah pla- a lot of plaid a lot of a lot of plaid a lot of a lot flannel. of boots yep yeah a lot of like uh outdoorsy but looking for that cozy knot in like just that oh, kind of nonsense uh, yeah gays were never good at like taglines yeah gays <laughs> are never good at taglines they come up with some twisted shit but somehow pickup lines were never the good ones yeah no it doesn't work Mm-mm. what were you doing in maine though you had a uh... uh so i was doing some shows up there so i did a show in portland which was really really fun and then another show in auburn which was like an hour north of there. Yeah. It was also really fun. They were like great, great shows, great cities. These are bookings that you got from yourself or like, yeah, just for myself. Like, so basically there's this like group called the river comics. And so they like are looking for people from out of town. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. I'll drive up there. Wow. That's not bad. Yeah, it was. It's fun. Like I, again, I wish that I had made a little bit more money off of it, but like, that's just, that was my poor planning. I just didn't think it through in terms of like, Oh fuck, that drive is crazy long and gas is expensive and tolls are expensive. But like for me, like I like getting out of New York city. Like, don't you like that when you're like, Oh, like you can see how your jokes play in front of like an audience that's not just your peers, basically. Oh my god, yeah. I yeah. did uh I did a show recently in Atlantic City and I was terrified because you know, my my stuff is uh my set is very <laughs> It's a pusher. 
You go there. You go I there. I go there. And so sometimes it's a little like I got to and it was good because I it was good because I got to figure out if these jokes that I've been working on for so long fit in with an audience outside of a metropolis. Yeah. When you take your set on the road, you need to be able to adapt to every single place you go. Yeah. And your jokes need to be able to adapt to every place you go. And the people that come to see you need to be able to understand it, right? Exactly. So I try and, and work now new material where I'm like, no, 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 this is, I got to talk about stuff that people in the general public of the United States and possibly beyond would understand. Exactly. It's true because, I mean, you think about it, and I, I see a lot of New Yorkers fall into that trap, too, where you have a lot of jokes about, for example, the subway or cabs, and a lot of other places, like, people just drive. So, like, yeah. they, like the connections aren't exactly there. Right. That's true. Okay, I want to get back to Atlantic City for a second, though. So, yeah. So, uh, what was the clientele like there? How was that? I had actually had a great time in Atlantic City. I got to perform. I did a 20-minute set. I closed out the show at Atlantic City Comedy Club, and they were so nice, and nice. they were so great. And I had such a great time. Um, it was just like a really good experience because I was like, yeah, I need to get out a little bit more. But I I have to say, I love that you did that whole trip based on you reaching out and getting that shit. My guest today on Oh Oscar is a fabulous comedian. You've seen him on Netflix. You've seen him on Vice Media. He is going to be performing at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. You've also seen him at Time Out New York. Please welcome the ever so amazing Calvin Cato. Oh, Oscar. Thank you for having me. I love it. Oh that was God. the first time I've ever done a intro where it hasn't been like, and you've seen him on <laughs> this. And you've seen that. Because I do that. Because I'm trying to remember everything. So it just sounds like I'm trying like I'm reading off of a really bad prompt yeah. teleprompter. <laughs> Oh, so story no, I'm so life. happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. For I actually joining. wasn't even sure when we started and when we were like what where things started and where things ended because we talked so much. I know we did. We talked for at least an hour, but yeah. I've only been recording for about 20 minutes. <laughs> In true Oscar Aiden fashion. <laughs> uh no, I'm so happy to have you. I really am. I was like, I love you. I've we've performed so many times together and it's mm -hmm. always been so much fun. And uh you know, it's been a great time. We've done QED. Yeah. We've done Galarious. We've done Greenwich Village. We've done, I mean, we've done so many shows. And I just always enjoy being a part of any lineup that you're on. Um, you're just saying that because I'm right in front of you. Kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, You know what? Hold on one second. These people, I'm trying to record a podcast and uh. using the beeper. And it's like, oh, boy. Well, folks, uh, live. Hey, I'm trying to get some work done. Thank you. <laughs> this is the most New York show I've ever done. <laughs> you heard it here. Only in New York will. Can I just leave that in the podcast? Yes, I think you should. <laughs> it's like only in New York do you have to literally be like, this is a professional studio. Hey, I'm working here. <laughs> Um, all right. So, Calvin, yes. thank you so much for coming on today. I want to really kind of get an understanding of your background in comedy and how you started. And so why comedy? Eh, well, um, you know, it's so funny. I think about this. 
a lot of it came from the fact that I I was always like kind of interested in comedy. I never thought that I could pursue it as a real thing. But uh, I went to college and I went to college actually studying to be a doctor. And yeah, I know she's smart. I'm not that smart. What kind of doctor this. though? Uh, well, I hadn't really narrowed it down, but I was thinking about either pediatrics or emergency room. Yeah, girl, I know where your liver is and shit. I know. Okay, bitch. Yeah, I know arteries and veins and all that shit. Yep, capillaries, okay. bitch. Uh-huh. Okay, calm down. <laughs> so we I need to get into politics. <laughs> so yeah, so no, I was originally I was studying to be a doctor, and then I realized that I never really I stopped liking it. Like I liked it in theory, but in practice, I was like, oh, this isn't really for me. And I was always interested in creative stuff. Like I took creative writing classes and I would write these short stories and my friends would be like, oh, these are actually really funny. You should try stand up. And I already loved Comedy Central and stuff. And so um, I don't know if you know these guys, the Stone Twins, Adam and Todd Stone. I think I've heard the name. They're like both New York City comics. They're twins and they do a twin act. And so they started this uh, group called Punchline and it was just about stand up comedy. So I joined that and like we put on like four stand up comedy shows a year. And then I graduated and came to New York and was like, I'm going to do this full time. Wow. And where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from here in New York City. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. So it was a pretty easy transition to be like. Yeah, that's an easy transition. Do you remember the almost exact moment when you were in this kind of like doctorate degree pursuance that you kind of just clicked in your head where you're like, I don't, I don't want, I, I want to do stand up comedy instead? Um,. I can't remember like the exact moment. I pretty much remember the month where it was like this is happening because like I was basically failing biology and I was really unhappy, and I was also doing opium at the time. That was a hot second thing at my school. We don't judge. Opium no judgment. No judgment. You know, it's college, and I went to a very hippie school where like every once in a while, just random, there'd just be a random influx of drugs, or someone's like, "I have an opium connection, so now we all do opium this month," or like. Normally it would be like, you know, weed was like a standard, but it, or someone would be like, I have a cocaine connection for so for the next two months, be ready have bloody noses. Like that's just how it was. Do you think that there's a rampant drug use in like medical school and undergraduate? Um, undergraduate, definitely. Like, and I think that a lot of it is also because, you know, you have people who are a lot of whom are away from home for the first time. Is their first feeling of independence? There's a feeling of invincibility. Like, I mean, I know I felt that way my freshman and sophomore years where I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm away from home. And like I had gone to like parties in high school where I would get drunk. So you're like, oh, I kind of know how to drink. And like, I'm going to be on my own and I'll take care of myself. And you don't realize that like the drinking is like every house is allowed to have alcohol. So you don't know. So you kind of go crazy. And then on top of that, people are like, here are more drugs. So like. And I feel like it's just easy. Also, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, in a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. There is pressure. But I guess for me, like, it was never really a pressure thing. Or, like, I mean, I can, my school is a little bit different in that, like, it was never, like, a forced pressure thing. And as much as it was a, like, we're all doing something different. So while you're doing one different thing, let's do a bunch of other different things. That's so funny because you literally left one for because you were like, no, no codependency here, and then you go to stand up comedy because you yeah, know, there's know. no codependency <laughs> in comedy. People are just religious Bible thumpers in stand up comedy. Oh my god, everyone's so well, everyone's over after ten years. That's for sure, <laughs> girl. Now, 
you obviously are very happy with the choice that you made. And do you ever look back and think, oh, I wonder what it would have been like? You know, I feel like I used to a lot more. But actually, the pandemic has even more convinced me to be like, you know what? I'm happy with this choice. Because, I mean, I think that there are times, obviously, you know how it is, where you, you know, you're like, fuck, like, you're not making enough money at it. Or, like, I mean, there was one time where I had to do, I was doing a gig in Pennsylvania, and I was, like, very broke. Like, I had to just rely on just the money I had. And I remember, like, I bought two McDonald's breakfast sandwiches, and I plugged in a, um, a blow dryer to heat it up because there was no microwave in the room. So, I, like, th- like times like that are when you're like, this isn't working out. I shouldn't be blow drying sandwiches in a hotel room so I can make money. That's comedy, yeah. folks. Like, like, that's where you're like, this is not Two types really- of people do that shit. <laughs> Hookers <laughs> and stand-up comedians. Yeah, that's a... We call that a low point. Yeah. But, but you, you know, know what? There's ebbs and flows. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. So, like, for that, then there's, like, oh, there are, like, also great opportunities that happen. Yeah. But especially with, with the pandemic, and I don't know if you feel the same way, because everything got so tossed on its head and, like, so many people I knew who were, like, wildly successful in their fields either lost their jobs or got their hours reduced or they yeah. were, like, we need to, like, learn this whole new system and way of being in terms of, like, right. How do we work from home? How do we use Zoom? How do we even like get our basic jobs done? Right. And I think that as a stand-up comedian, I was so used to chaos that I was like, oh, this is fine. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, I felt like this is the first time where people were like, oh, entertainment is worth something. So like, I felt like I was doing a lot of Zoom shows where people were paying you better than you were being paid to do live shit. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. I feel like. And I- you didn't have to move an inch from your Oh, my home. God. Thank you so much for sharing your background. You're welcome. And how you got started in a stand-up comedy. I really appreciate that. We are going to move to the main portion of the podcast. Oh, is this the swimsuit always... portion? Uh-huh. Swimsuit portion? Uh-huh. This is the uh, question and answer <laughs> portion. No, this is the swimsuit. This is where I get to ask my guests their first gay experience. So, oh Calvin Cato, <laughs> what was your first gay experience? So, well, for me, it was interesting. So, like, I never, I, I didn't fully understand what gay was. And then I remember I went to a high school. Um, I was pretty much the only person from my junior high who went to this high, to went to my high school. And I remember having a friend um, when we, you know, got pretty close as things go in high school. But I, you know, I don't really understand. I didn't understand what that meant. I just mm. knew, like, oh, like, you know, I like him. It's fun. We hang out, et cetera. And then I remember it was like a group. There was like a core group of like maybe five or six of us. So it was me, this guy. Uh, let's call him Le Crusette. And uh, <laughs> so uh, it was me, Elsie, and uh, two and four other people. And two of the people uh, will say her name is Starbucks, and the guy's name is. Why don't uh, you just go with? <laughs> Why don't you just go with John Doe, Jane Doe, Mary Doe, Bob Doe? Like, <laughs> I'd, uh... Okay, fine. So, uh, Bob... This isn't supermarket sweep <laughs> where you have to go through and pick out items in my apartment. So, uh, then, so, okay, so like I was saying, so Starbucks is the girl and Pull Up Bar is the guy. Oh, my God. And they both, we thought they both had a crush on each other. 
And so I wrote this like dirty sex story about them and I showed it to them, which was not smart. I was young and um, they were both horrified. But then I was talking to LC about it and LC was like, oh, I think that there's some like arousing stuff in here. And so we ended up reading the story together and then we somehow ended up in like a stairwell of my high school and then we uh, ended up having an encounter in the stairwell. And uh, that was my first experience. And then I remember being all freaked out because I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. This is so weird. And for a while, I was like, this is just like a phase that people just like try out. And then I'm going to, you know, go to women. But then we just kept hooking up in that stairwell. Um, I love (laughs) stairwells. (laughs) That was not what I was expecting your response to be. I love a good stairwell story. (laughs) It was... But anyway, besides uh, the stairwell, what I want to know is, so you kind of found your first... Now, would you say that you guys were bufferons? Definitely or? not. I mean, well, it's hard to... Like, I wouldn't necessarily say that, say that. I mean, I think that probably we would have been in theory but in practice you know we're all closeted and yada 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 and then things got very very gay drama drama very fast he then started hooking up with this other guy and so then i was like what the hell happened about me and oh the jealousy set in yeah then he started dating a woman and i was like okay but like this is not what you want like what are you doing and then senior year so like we like basically really had this like up and down friendship and then senior year we kind of like mended fences and then hooked up again uh just for old time's sake we were about to graduate and we were like we got to go back and visit the old stairwell so we did that and um then we went to different colleges and then it was still a lot of drama and now we're friends Really? Yeah. Do you still communicate with him regularly? Um. Yeah, pretty regularly. Like he still comes to some of my shows. Is he in New York City? Yes, he's in New York City. I saw her one time. I did like I did a naked comedy show, and he surprised me by coming to that show. And I was like, Oh God, this is not how I wanted to see you. I mean, he's already seen you, (laughs) girl. Well, I've grown in some places. It's so, like he's know. already taken a tour <laughs> of the home. So you're like, him coming to a show is like, all right, you're just standing outside and basically looking at the outside of the home where you've already seen the insides. Huh? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you guys, and now like, is he fully out? Oh, yes. He is very much out. Yeah, he's very much out. He's very out. He's a big Xena Warrior Princess fan. He oh, goes to... Yeah. <laughs> we don't. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Oh. Does he do cosplay? Um, No, he doesn't really do cosplay, but okay. he's like, he's definitely out. He goes to the pride parades. He's, you know. But that's great, though, that you were still able to keep that connection. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, like it, it was very lucky and it was good that like that managed to work itself out. Now. During high school, was he the only person that you had sexual encounters with, or were there others? Um, don't worry. I don't think he's going to be able to hear this podcast uh, because we've got about 15 listeners. <laughs> and most of them somehow are in South America and oh. Africa. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, bienvenidos. Okay. All right. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. So, yeah, uh, I did 
have relations with one other guy um, who I met through like a high school friend um, who uh, was very lovely. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. His name was Laptop. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, he was like. Was it, the laptop broken? Like, what was wrong with the laptop? Uh, the laptop was not broken. Uh, he, oh, the laptop was a, a big laptop. Oh, yes. It was a 13 incher. <laughs> it was a 13 inch laptop. Is that what we're saying here, Calvin? Well, it obviously wasn't an iPad. So. <laughs> What are we looking at? <laughs> yes, he uh, it, he was you know he you know he had a, a prime processor chip. He was definitely a, a pro. We'll say that. Uh, yeah, I think he was too advanced for me. Oh, okay. I'll say that. I mean, he was he was nice. He was, he had a lot more. A he had a lot. There was more. a lot of heft to the you know oh and he had the, the hardware oh there was a heft to the hardware yeah yeah it yeah. was it was a lot and he was more advanced like he probably had the updated version of microsoft <laughs> word and you were still running on you know dos the free version <laughs> <laughs> the one you stole from <laughs> library class the free diskette that we got yeah, the with AOL. Diskette. The free diskette of AOL that featured Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry. That's what you were running on? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was already an Apple computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. He, but that uh, was only a one-time thing. Uh, No, that was a couple times, actually. I'm trying. Yeah, that was a couple times. But did you ever tell the other guy that you were messing around with him? Um. Well, no. Well, this was in between me and Elsie. So, like, me and Elsie were having drama. So then yeah. I hooked up with this guy. Yeah, it was the best I think way I told, to... I mean, I told that's the best way. Later. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, there was no, like, overlap at all. Oh. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that because you're not dating anybody. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I think Laptop did want to date, but, la like, I wasn't ready to... Yeah. Do I was again, I wasn't he had done You weren't ready for like, you know. Yeah. The monitor. <laughs> I don't know why we're using so many euphemisms. That's what you get for fucking picking an object. I know, you're right. This rather is rather than just saying John Doe. <laughs> I mean, because I mean that was advanced. I mean, I had not done like that stuff until like after college, even. Yeah. Because I mean, I because like you know, I felt like I still had like these ingrained fears about like anal sex. That's what the yeah. monitor is. In case people didn't understand or get that by now, um. Calvin, this is a gay podcast, <laughs> so I think people have heard the word anal in the past twenty. Four episodes, three <laughs> episodes. But it's, you know, it's very daunting. And, you know, I wasn't, I was still of the mindset of like, but if I do that, that makes me fully gay. Whereas like blowjobs were fine. Oh, that's an interesting way that you thought of that. Yeah. I mean, it's a dumb one because that doesn't make sense. But, you know. Mm, I mean, it is kind of back then. You're like, oh, some people get this perception of what gay is. Yes. And as long as they don't go too far into that perception, they're still like, I'm still okay. I'm still, I'm not gay yet. I'm not, I'm not gay. But inevitably, it's those feelings that turn into kind of like a, I have feelings for another man in more than a physical way is yes. what inevitably identifies you as a homosexual. So, exactly. And I yeah. think, and that was the thing that I was trying to like 
evade whereas it's like well but i know that romantically i am still attracted to men and it doesn't matter whether or not you know i top or bottom it's just gonna be it is what it is right laptop wanted a relationship when lc just wanted a dutch oven (laughs) yeah fucking slut uh calvin thank you so much for sharing your first gay experience we are going to move on to the next portion of oh oscar and that is dick's appointed <laughs> where my guests get to tell one of their most wild crazy and embarrassing hookup stories so calvin would you like to share a dick's appointed story oh boy well this was not disappointing but it was weird so that's fine um i used to live in bay ridge in brooklyn and where i lived um, because I lived so far away from gigs, when I would get home late at night, there was this diner that was open 24 hours, and I would always order food from there. Love a good 24-hour diner. Godsend. Lifesaver. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So I would always order food from this diner, and like, you know, I would order food, the person would come, drop it off. I never thought anything of it. Um, but then there was one time where like I was, I, I got back late. It was like maybe, I don't know, 1.30, 2 a.m., and I ordered food and uh, the delivery guy comes up and he goes and, you know, he hands me the food. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. Thank you. And then he goes, hi. And I was like, OK, hi. And then he just reaches over and grabs my penis. And I was like, oh, excuse me, which, you know, unhygienic, you're handling food. But then he was like, oh, you know, I see men come out of here, which also nosy. Um <laughs> And I was like, oh. She was keeping track. <laughs> she was. I was like, oh, yikes. And so then he, you know, kind of gestures like, can I come in? And girl, I don't know. I was I was going through it. You I brought that it. bitch in, didn't you? I did. I brought him in. Uh, we had. There is no judgment against delivery men, by the way. I just want everybody to know. You know what? Sometimes everybody needs somebody and if that person just happens to be a delivery person then let it be a delivery person that delivery person might be better at sex than the guy who's a ceo a very high level corporation yes and if you're just doing a hookup it doesn't matter who cares who cares that's how i feel and he was cute he was really hot he was very muscular very built you know oh so this was amazing Uh, this was a porno you got more than your food I did. Yeah. I got a tip. It was great. Okay, oh, yes, oh, yes, you know, I had to. I had, yes, to, I had to. So then, so, uh, so I literally like, and it was like I lived in the studio, so literally like my bed is right there. So it, I made it very easy for him. Yeah. And then we like, it was like very hot, you know, rushed, quickie, etc. And then he finished, and then he was like, he looks at the watch, like, oh shit, I'm late for this other order. And I was like, yeah, you, you got to go. Because <laughs> like, he, cause he set the food down on, like, my table So because he, he had other orders in his hand. So, he, like, their food was definitely exposed to some pheromones. And then he, like, picked up the rest of his orders and left. This is why Uber deliveries are late. This is why Uber deliveries are late, it's, just so you know. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I want everybody to I... know it's because of the hoe sitting next <laughs> to me. But so then what happened was that I stopped ordering food from there. And like I even stopped going in because I would go into the diner sometimes too. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't want to go in. And then finally I was like, this is ridiculous. I need to go back in. So I started going back in and it was okay. And then one time I was like waiting at the counter because I was getting food to go. And I see like someone wave and I was like, oh hi and he's like and he goes yeah, how are you and i was like good and he walked out and then the server was like oh 
oh, you must recognize him. And I was like, yeah, because he's delivered my food before. Because I didn't want to be like, yeah, I recognize him. Yeah. Came in my ass. (laughs) Huh? How about that for a fucking tip, bitch? That lady's 50. You can't do that to her. My God. Calvin, thank you so much for sharing that story. That was actually a wonderful story. I love that. It wasn't necessarily disappointing, but it was very fun and (laughs) smadgingly embarrassing. Uh, Just so everybody knows, if your seamless or Uber Eats delivery is late, it is because of gay men who are hoes. Uh, You've never had a delivery boy before? Well, no. I'd love to, though. There is one or two where, like, a long time ago, I was like, "Mm, Mm. you can deliver a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? You should have tried. I was like, I got a bagel, but I was hoping for some eggs with it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. Yes. Homosexuals. (laughs) Uh. So, Calvin, we are going to move on to the last portion of O Oscar, and that is the Gay DHD Wheel of Q&A. Oh, boy. So you're going to spin. We'll answer some questions and uh, have fun. Oh, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it. All right. Spin the damn wheel. There we go. <laughs> Calvin, if you were to write an autobiography, what would its title be? Oh, boy. (laughs) What is with these questions? Okay, if I were to write an autobiography, uh, I think it would be called Tuckahoe Road, Don't Follow My Journey by Calvin Cato. Tuckahoe Road. Yeah. Tuckahoe Road. Tuckahoe. Don't follow my journey. You mean as in like you tucked your dick? Yeah. Tuckahoe. And that's an uncomfortable road to be on, so don't follow my journey. You asked for an answer, and that is what I gave. I'm sticking with it, America. Thank for you. a second, I actually was like, oh, that's a very deep. <laughs> deep. Meaningful autobiography, and then I realized what you were saying. Well, it's also a metaphor because you want to let your dick out because you don't want to contain yourself and constrain yourself by society's labels. Mm. So you, you know, don't tuck a hoe road. Unfurl that hoe, Calvin, on the highway, Calvin of love. Spin the wheel again. They <laughs> <laughs> will figure out a pet peeve by now. Would you rather? Oh. Oh, okay, Calvin. Oh, let me boy. ask you something. Okay. Would you rather get double penetrated by Mitch McConnell oh. and Ron DeSantis? Oh. Or have to eat out Nancy Pelosi? Oh, Nancy Pelosi. That's not even a. Come on. Ew, Mitch. And first of all, Mitch is not going to get hard enough, so it's already going to feel like a weird limp noodle in there, and I don't need that in my life. That's like, you know, when, like, the guy puts on the condom, but it clearly doesn't fit, so there's a lot of just loose bag in your ass. I don't want that in my life. So no thank you to that. And Ron DeSantis looks sweaty, and normally I like that, but not from someone like him, because it's like sweat 
and fake spray tan. Nancy Pelosi, that's fine. It's just like, it'll be like kale. Just a little dry. That's fine. <laughs> hey, girl, you doing it. At least you're saving democracy. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> Let me have them Italian beef curtains. I'll do it. Come on, girl. You don't even know. Why are you laughing? Excuse you. Excuse you. I love you so much. <laughs> Just say democracy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spin that wheel again, Calvin. I will. If you could trade places with any celebrity mm. or politician, who would it be? Hmm. That's a good question. You know what? Actually, I did think about this for a little bit, and this is mainly influenced by the Oscars. Regina King. I feel like Regina King has such an amazing career. She's so amazing. I love the fact that she both consistently works and is so politically savvy and aware I mean, she's done great I mean, from 227 to fucking Watchmen to directing her own shit. Like, she just is on top of everything. And she was like, I'm not stopping. No, she's not. And you're right. I can't believe she was on 227. Right? That was like her first gig, basically. Like, I never would have imagined that the daughter from 227 would go to be a director hosting the Oscars, being super Black Lives Matter. Honestly, amazing career. Mary. <laughs> Mary. That's your Jack K. Harry. Mary. I want to talk to Mary. 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 <laughs> Mary. <laughs> you sound possessed. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a great. Uh, that's a great answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. Calvin, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Oscar. I loved having you. You were an absolute delight and uh, nothing but constant laughs. And thank you so much. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, so I have a website, calvincato.com, C-A-L-V-I-N-C-A-T-O.com. I'm also on Instagram at Calvin S. Cato. And I'm on Twitter at Cato Calvin. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm around. I'm doing shit. Okay, great. And so definitely make sure you check out Calvin. Go see him perform. He performs all over New York City. One of my favorite comics to watch. Please. Just like Time Out New York. Ah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate everybody who listens, and I love you. Please share with your friends. Get them into this podcast. Let them know how much fun we have every single week. So thank you so much again. And I will see you guys next Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.